kind of get lost of where I'm at. I think this is time for my message. Uh, to put you all at ease, it's a short one, okay? Kind of a short message, a short little, uh, sweet little Christmas message. But as I said, you know, as we were going through those songs, it just felt like sometimes, and I know you can all relate, because have you been to the mall lately? Have you been out on North Prospect lately? Have you been to Sam's lately? Have you been anywhere lately? It seems like there's just such a hustle bustle of trying to get everything done. And we forget the most important part. Yeah, it's great to get gifts for everyone and uh, show them we appreciate them and we love them, but I think sometimes when we're appreciating everyone else, we're not appreciating Him. Not like we should. And tonight, it's all about Him. Tonight's about appreciating the King of kings and Lord of lords. We're so blessed that you're with us sharing this, uh, really the greatest uh, event in the history of the world, the birth of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. I want to begin with a uh, little story I heard. It's actually a true story, but it goes back over a hundred years. It was a, a, a day in late December in a town called Hitt Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. There were two brothers, you probably heard of them, Orville and Wilbur Wright, who on their fifth try with their flying machine that they had made, they built it and it flew for an entire 12 seconds that day. Now, Orville was the one flying the plane. So Wilbur, Wilbur heads off to an office nearby and sends a telegram to his sister, uh, Catherine. And he sent that telegram and it said this, We have flown for 12 seconds. We will be home for Christmas. Well, when Catherine received the telegram, she got all excited. She immediately went down to her small town newspaper, got a hold of her editor. She says, My brothers have invented a flying machine and they flew for an entire 12 seconds. And by the way... They're going to be home for Christmas if you want to interview them. So the editor kind of brushed her off. But then he said, well, I'll make sure I mention the boys in the paper. Well, sure enough, out comes the paper. It's a very small town, very small newspaper. And buried on the sixth page is this headline. The Wright brothers will be home for Christmas. If that's not one of the greatest illustrations of missing the point that I've ever seen, I don't know. Because those guys literally changed and transformed and revolutionized our world with what they invented. And the headline just read, well, they'll be home for Christmas. I said all that to say, don't we miss the point sometimes. I think we can easily miss the point when it comes to talking about Christmas, particularly, particularly in the culture that we live in. And you don't have to go very far to find that out. Turn on your television set, turn on your radio, pick up your telephone, go to any mall. You can easily find that we quickly forget the main point of Christmas. I was reading about how in England, when a royal baby is born, they throw a big celebration. It is a big, big deal. They actually have a 62-gun salute which amounts to about 10 minutes of gunfire. Then they light up all of the British landmarks in blue or pink, depending on whether it's a boy or girl. They also have a special easel brought outside the palace with a gold frame around it to announce the birth of the new baby. I think how ironic that is, that at Christmas we celebrate the King of Kings' birth coming to this earth from above in the form of a baby, and I think we miss... Many times the magnitude of the moment. 
we miss the magnitude of the moment, and I think, I'll give you kind of an out on this thing, I think it's sort of because we've been desensitized to it. We've been desensitized, really maybe how lacking the story was in the first place. Think about it. When Jesus was born, that first Christmas, Jesus didn't receive much of a royal welcome at all. He was born in a stable, right? Among the animals. Spends his first several nights in a feeding trough. He wasn't delivered by a bunch of doctors. He was delivered by the rough, calloused hands of a carpenter. He wasn't born to a princess and raised in a palace. He didn't have special privileges. He wasn't one of those you might call one percenters. He was born in a stable to a poor teenage mother. Not exactly what you would expect, right? For the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, for the birth of the Messiah. But when you think about it, it was no accident that it happened that way. Do you realize that God had planned it from the beginning of time? So there was plenty of time for him to get all the details just right, working out everything that needed to be worked out for the birth of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords to be born into this world. But I'll say this, it wasn't at all humble. It wasn't at all royal. It was humble. It wasn't at all royal. It was humble. It was unassuming. And if you've got a King James Version, it was lowly. Amen? It was a lowly moment, a humble moment. You might wonder why. Well, I think the biggest explanation point might be the people that were there first when Jesus was born. Do you happen to realize it was the shepherds that were there first? Let me read Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. Very familiar, especially during the Christmas season. It says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Can you say that with me? For all the people. Let's say it again. For all the people. You may not realize this, but for the shepherds. Shepherds were not real highly regarded in the New Testament. They weren't regarded at all in the New Testament, really. Shepherds were viewed with a great deal of disdain, really disgust in that day and age. In fact, I want to read some first century literature to you today from something called the Mishnah. It's uh, Judaism's written record of oral law. It reflects the prejudices against the shepherds at that time. Here's what the Mishnah says. Shepherds are incompetent. No one would ever feel obligated to rescue a shepherd who has fallen into a pit. I'm thinking that seems a little harsh for a religion. Amen? No one should feel obligated when they find a shepherd in a pit. I mean, it's like this dude is trapped in a pit. You look in there, you see a shepherd, and you just keep going. He ain't worth saving. Shepherds were also viewed as dirty, incompetent thieves. But get this part. When the good news for all people, as we said, was rolled out, guess who God rolled out that good news to first? The shepherds. You know, in our economy, we look at the, it's the wealthy and the powerful that get first place in the lines, right? But in God's economy, it's not that way at all. It's the broken, it's the contrite, it's the outcast, the humble who get the good news first. Just so we get our order of the story right, the wise men would come later. They weren't there on that first night, just the shepherds. And they get a bird's eye view of Jesus. They get the first view of Jesus with their own eyes. Seeing him born of 
peasant parents in a podunk little town called Bethlehem, ending up in a little barn in Bethlehem. I might say that's the economy of God. It seems a little shocking, but that's how he laid out the story. And he purposely laid its story out that way, and I think verse 10 tells us why. Jesus came for all the people. Jesus came for all the people, not just the well-educated, not just the well-dressed, not just the well-behaved, not just for the church-going group, not just for those that have stable jobs and healthy families and life going good. He came for all people. And I think with the shepherds being there at that first Christmas, it was God making a statement, a loud statement, that I didn't just come for the elite. I came for everyone. Do you realize this morning what a privilege we have to serve a Savior that came for everyone? He didn't come just for the rich. He didn't just come for the elite. He didn't just come for those that deserved it because no one did. He came for all people. With that said, Christmas is for all people. But I think John 3.16 probably says it best. For God so loved the world. For God so loved what? The world. The entire world. So let me say this. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter how you look, no matter where you're from, do you realize Jesus is for you? Jesus is for you. Jesus came for you. And Christmas is for everyone. So there are a couple of things that I think Jesus would say to all the people tonight on this Christmas Eve night. First thing I think he would want to say is that no matter what you are going through, I know what it's like. Can you hear Jesus saying that? No matter what you're going through, I know what it's like. I kind of tend to think of it. He says, I've been there. I've done that. Jesus didn't exempt himself from the troubles and challenges and hardships of this world. Guess what? He was born into those challenges. He took them head on. He endured them so that no matter what we go through, he knows what it's like. I love what uh, the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. He says that because Jesus walked this earth, we now have a high priest in heaven, Jesus, who is able to sympathize with us. What's that mean? He can relate to you and me. Isn't that a good feeling? to know that our God can relate to us. So when we go to God for help in our time of need, I believe every time Jesus is there saying, I know what it's like. I know what he's going through. I know what she's going through. And I know it's not easy. I believe some of you came in here tonight and you needed to hear that. Maybe you're struggling financially. Jesus would say to you, I know what that's like. I know what it's like to be poor. Jesus would say, I know what it's like to have nothing at all. Maybe some of you feel that you just can't catch a break. You're always getting the short end of the deal. Jesus would say, I know what that's like. Hey, I was born and I was laid in a feeding trough. Amen? Maybe you've got a friend that lets you down and you feel all alone during this holiday season. Jesus would say, I know what that's like. When I needed my friends most, they abandoned me. They betrayed me. Maybe some of you feel like you've been treated unfairly. Jesus can absolutely relate to that. Jesus would say, I was treated unfairly, unjustly sentenced to a violent death. Guess what? He knows what it's like. He knows what it's like. He knows what you and I are going through. He knows. And better than that, He cares. He knows and He cares. 
So no matter what weight you're carrying around, and I know it's supposed to be a happy time, but I know for many it's not such a happy time. You're carrying the burdens of, of losses that you've had in your family. Uh, burdens of uh, maybe problems on the job, whatever it might be. Jesus says, I know what you're going through, and I came for you. I came for all people. I really believe that God brought some of you here tonight for this purpose. Because He wants to say to you, whatever you're going through, you don't have to walk through it alone. Not at all. You don't have to go through anything alone. Because He's saying, I know what it's like. I know how you feel. I believe Jesus would tell this whole room tonight, let me walk through it with you. Let me walk every step of the way with you. You realize there's no distance He won't travel. There's no price He won't pay. There's no pain He won't endure. There's no sacrifice He won't make. Because for God, our God, so loved the world. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever would put their trust in Him or who would ever believe in Him would not perish but have eternal life. Do you realize what a gift that is? Do you realize what a free gift that is? Given freely to everyone. And all we have to do, our part, is accept it. Our part is to receive it. So on this Christmas Eve night, it's my prayer that this church will tonight and always be a church that will always look a whole lot like that first Christmas. That would be a place for all people to see Jesus. Amen? That's what every church ought to strive for, to be a place where people can see Jesus for who He truly is. Tonight you might be young, you might be old. You may be single, you may be single and wishing you were married. You might be married and wishing you were single. I'm just... Sorry, Lord. You may be divorced. You may be widowed. You may be living on food stamps. Or you might be living off a trust fund. You might have your PhD. Or you might be getting your GED. You might be a Republican. You might be a Democrat. But Christmas is for you. For the shepherds and the kings alike, from the lowest to the highest, God came for all people. And Christmas is for people everywhere. So, as I prepare to close this message out, I want you to imagine in your mind for just a moment, smells and all, I want you to imagine the stable. I want you to imagine the odor of the animals. How about the odor of the shepherds? Hear the sheep and the goats mixed in with the cries of baby Jesus. It's not at all what you would expect. For the birth of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And then I'm going to ask you in your mind and in your heart to make your way to that feeding trough where he lays. And take a knee. And know without a shadow of a doubt you are welcome. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter how you look, no matter where you're from, Jesus is for you. And Jesus came for you. I love what the angel declared in Scripture. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. A Savior has been born. He is Christ the Lord. Wow, the greatest promise of all, the greatest fulfilled promise of all, 
the greatest news and the greatest joy of all, a Savior. And let's get personal, our Savior. Not just a Savior, but our Savior has been born. I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you to not miss the point I'm talking about tonight in this little message, to keep Christ in Christmas. To keep Christ, capital C-H-R-I-S-T, in Christmas. Because you and I are here on this earth for a purpose. And that's first to love God. And that's to love our neighbor. To love one another and reflect the goodness of a son that he sent over 2,000 years ago that was willing to go to the cross for you and me. That was willing to lay his life down. He was born in a a manger as a beautiful little baby. But he didn't stay that baby. Amen. He became a conquering king. The Lord of lords and the king of kings and the Prince of Peace. Tonight, I believe there are people, because we all need peace, but I believe there are specific people in here that just need a double dose of God's peace tonight. And I'm going to pray for that. I'm going to have you stay seated because we're going to share in a moment of communion here in just a minute. But I just want you to agree with your heart in this prayer. With every head bowed, every eye closed, Father, we ask that in your presence, You administer to us as only you can. Lord, help us to have a revelation that you truly are Emmanuel, God with us. Lord, help us to draw near to you. Help us to live in your peace and in your presence. I know there are some here that this year has been a really tough year. Maybe you're wishing some things were different. Maybe you're wishing there were a lot of things that were different. Maybe you're hurting. Let me say God wants to be your comfort. That's one of the biggest reasons why He came. Lord, I pray for those that are hurting tonight that You would be their comfort. I pray for those that are weak that You would be their strength. I pray for those that are lost that You would be their Savior. Lord, we thank You for the joy of Christmas and for the miracle of knowing that You are forever with us. Emmanuel. We thank You, Lord, for Your goodness, for giving us the greatest gift ever given to humanity the gift of your precious Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's in His name I pray. And everyone said, Amen. Could I have the ushers come for our uh, communion? To pass out the communion elements. I'd like the musicians to come if they would. I would like to ask, if you've not been here before, as we're taking the communion, we like to hold on to the elements until we've all been served. And once we're all served... um, We'll, I'll pray over them, we'll, we'll share them at the same time. But as, but as, but as we're singing, I would like you to reflect on the goodness of our Savior. Could I ask you to stand to your feet? Before I let you out of here, turn to your neighbor and say, Merry Christmas. And may you all have a blessed Christmas. There are cookies and treats out in the front lobby. Help yourself. Have a wonderful Christmas. God bless you all.